0: This is the death metal podcast by a hardcore kid. Uh, My name is Vince. I'm the aforementioned hardcore kid and we finished the top 40 terrorizer list. So I thought I would do a kind of like special episode to sum everything up and my feelings on that. And I'm not just going to be talking all by myself. I have a friend of mine, Odai who is going to
1: be joining me. Yes, people. What's what's good? Yeah, yeah. Man's, man's coming in from London, isn't it? So you're going to be here. I've got my own weird journey as far as, like, getting into death metal and all that, but I've got some thoughts on, on this list to, to share, and, yeah, man, I'm going to be enjoying this.
0: All right, so you want to uh, get into the, the death metal list? Yes, let's do this. All right. So, yeah, just looking overall at the whole, like, top 40, what were your thoughts on, like, the
1: entire list? I mean, this list is, it's interesting because it's very much sort of a reflection of the time that it was made, but also I think there's a couple biases here and there, like, I mean, the first one that stuck out to mind, as far as like I made notes. Yes, I made yeah. notes on this. Was uh, awesome. like, um, "Cancer, Death Shall Rise." Like, really? I mean, they're not. I don't think cancer are bad, but I definitely think it's like, oh, it was recorded at Morrisound with Scott Burns and James Murphy plays lead guitar on it, and. Oh, Glenn Benton does does vocal does backing vocals on the first track. And I'm like, this is this is okay. Yeah. They're one of those bands where um i if you speak to certain older people, like I don't know if now they're held up as legends or whatever, but at the yeah. time it's like they weren't really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of that bending. Kind of There's definitely a couple other metal bands where you could say, oh now because like now because it's this funny thing with metal that's one of those things sergeant d taught me Is like oh when something is trendy and at that is, is big in its moment it's like oh this is trendy like pose of bullshit yeah but when it get when the, when the band just exists for 10 years or so oh they're they're pioneering legends who paved the way for other bands to work in this style and whatever the fuck
0: yeah yeah that's that's something you you and i are right there on the same thing with the sergeant D thing man that's, that's something i've actually talked about when do while doing this podcast is like his observation on that it's mm-hmm. like you know like for example there's only one cannibal corpse record on this list and i thought like i don't i don't really know because you know that's my first foray into kind of this style of music but it's like from what i can tell everybody loves cannibal corpse and it's like Oh you got to hear the first 12 records and like I feel like this list that might have been something like this list probably came out like you know towards the end of the 90s like beginning of the of the 2000s
1: yeah cuz I was
0: I yeah. was definitely thinking early mid 2000s and like it's just it's just like why you know is cannibal corpse a band who got that kind of treatment where it's like when they first came out it's like oh this is just you know idiot shit and then it was like oh well actually this is fucking cool because it's been around for 20 years and
1: i think i think it's that i think it's also um possibly because they went and changed lead singer there might also be the fact that um i'm gonna have to bring it up um they did have a brief cameo in flipping the first Ace Ventura movie. <laughs> and um, because that's that's the those are the two things. If anybody brings up Ace Ventura now, yeah it's that, it's that and the one running gag that everybody is like, this is awful. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what else is there? Um immolation, I think immolation are all right. I kind of prefer Incan- incantation. I think now, if it was done now, like incantations, set like maybe onwards to maybe one of their first three albums, like uh, onwards to Golgotha or was it Diabolical Conquest? I think. Yeah, Diabolical Conquest. Yeah. Or um, yeah, one of their first three those those would probably be on the list because it's like oh these guys were doing that really jagged ugly sounding death metal that kind of you know that sometimes lurches into doing really plodding doom metal stuff yeah so that that would be one thing on there that I would change um yeah. one one thing i
0: kind of thought about this whole list as a whole is um like there's there's the immolation raptor and then there's the suffocation record, mm-hmm. uh, effigy of the forgotten, and that's the, that's the only stuff from New York on the whole list. There's yeah, two, which there's is very very strange. And it's like we're getting, we're getting some like some Florida bands that it's like, what's the one Malevolent Creation and shit that's like that's that's not
1: an A-tier band of that scene. Like you, there's no. you can't tell me that. You know what I mean? I mean, Malevolent Creation. I only heard their first album like a billion years ago and um, considering what's now known about them and them and their being yeah. like racist city, it's just like, well, no skin off my back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could, I would say if you want a, a, a sort of band from that era, you could easily listen to like Master or what's that one from Wales? I think it's it. Desecration or Dissection? But uh, then like you could listen to one of you could listen yeah. to one of those bands, and it, but I'd say Master really, and you you don't have to deal with a lot of, with with as much of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Carnage, I like the Carnage album, but um, to get I thought that one. Up, was, yeah. Sorry, I thought that one was kind of fucking boring, to be honest. I, I see that's interesting because um, I I'm generally a fan of like the yeah. Swedish stuff. Because it had that it's got that sort of hard hitting like D beat punk quality. Because that's the thing you have gotta remember is a lot of these bands were a lot of these bands all they're all the generation you who like discharge was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And it's it's right there, it's right there in it in there with Carnage and Dismember and Entombed and all that. I did find the guitar tone a bit overwhelming on there. Yeah. Um Morbid Angel, the Morbid Angel representation. I'm cool with it, but it's also like no covenant, just the first two. Okay, yeah. that's a bit weird. And um, Gorgots, I gotta say this, I really like Gorguts. I listened to, I re-listened to Obscure a while back, and that album I think is still really, really good. You know, mm-hmm. Clouded for all nine minutes is is something else. Yeah, that's a banger. But, like, you know, there's three, four other albums around that one that exists. Like, Consider Dead is a really good, like, solid death metal album. Um, Erosion to Sanity is even more, like, comp, like, it's even more, like, intense and rough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get um From Wisdom to Hate, which I, I know, I think that album, when it came out, people are like, ah, oh, they, you know, they kind of, it a bit and i remember listening to it like no this is good this is yeah. solid i mean it makes sense that they would go in this direction it's like i don't know prince when he followed up purple rain with, a, with around the world in a day or whatever where it's like okay we we did this we can't do this again because it's gonna be another like limitation on it yeah, so sure. we're gonna do something different and also yeah. I read this um this piece that they did about Obscura, this like long read thing where um it's funny how to it really changes how I look at how the album was made, where Erosion of Sanity was um that was when Luke LeMay, the the lead singer and guitarist, he wrote everything down. This album, Obscura was a group effort. Okay. Like everybody was them contributing. And rather than, like, trying to come up with these more complex and concept riffs, it was more about they had um, a certain list of rules of, like, we're not going to do the sort of Slayer 16-note beats, we're not going to do, like, they had a bunch of, like, four or something rules, so they had to kind of think outside the box as far as how they were going to make riffs. And if they were going to do... if. Steve McDonald the drummer was going to do anything it was either blast beats or like nothing at all and so it's like yeah you know this this riff might be two chords but because it sounds like that there's more of an impact rather than anything else and I was like oh that's that's really interesting I like that and he said all the the people who are credited as who made the song it's who came up with the riff at that the riff that they built around. it. Built the song around. Yeah, you think yeah that yeah, one. Yeah. You think that one's a little
0: bit low? That's like number thirty-eight. You think that one's a little bit low? Yeah, I definitely.
1: I would definitely think it's it's low at thirty-eight for considering how just what that what the album is. Um, Nile, I never did get into Nile. If I'm being honest, I mean, yeah, I think was uh, amongst the catacombs
0: was the only record on the whole list where I'm like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> like. Because the synths, they just sound so stupid. Like, you know, yeah. like nowadays we have, I mean, and like, it's kind of not fair because, you know, we're listening to it 25 years after it came out. Yeah, and yeah. And like, this sounds dumb, but it's like the horns on that shit sound like ass, man. Like, they don't sound like horns. It sounds like a fucking sawtooth, like, nitty thing. Like, and it's like I can't take this seriously because it's trying to do this, like, epic Egyptian shit, but it sounds like some fucking chintzy video game from like the nineties or something. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Like I mean? you're
1: playing, you're playing Exhumed or something. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. Like I think the whole thing of you know we we're making death metal, bites based around ancient Egypt. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm behind that idea. Yeah, it's cool. But, it's a cool um, idea. Yeah, the, the songs, the, the tunes themselves just doesn't really. Mm. Yeah, I and hear also. You. Also, I'm glad that Bolt Throw was on there, but for me, instead of Realm of Chaos, I probably would have put the Fourth Crusade there. Yeah, me too. Me too for sure. That's it's one I of my put, favorite records. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would have put that there. And um what else is there? What else is that I probably would have changed? Uh, maybe would have changed. It. Maybe. Um Nocturnus. All right. I will say I like the key. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting death metal album, just in terms of concept and uh, whatever. Yeah, I I will admit that like the the drumming on there isn't the best. Yeah, it's it's not bad. You know, Mike Browning is is all right for what he is, but I would say um, this may be one of the first of quite a few recommendations for the listeners here that they check out their second album thresholds yeah you think that's the better one um I w- I'm not sure if I would say it's better it doesn't have the sort of weird idios maybe not as much of these idiosyncratic qualities as the key but it's definitely more polished okay I would say so I would recommend it's they're still talking about like aliens and sci-fi and all this stuff so I would say give give that one a look which be warned that's gonna be one of the first couple albums I would probably recommend people to check out. Um Pestilence, Testimony of the Ancients. Would you put uh, Consuming Impulse instead? Maybe, but that's more so because I do I really like the lead singer Martin Van Duren a lot. Yeah. Really, really like Martin Van Martin Van Duren. Really interesting lead lead singer. So that, that I would definitely put there um what else is there uh, harmony corruption not my favorite napalm death album but i get it especially yeah. because that was americans big introduction to them rather than the early stuff yeah and it's also um,
0: sort of like i don't think if we're doing a death metal list i don't like certainly i don't think you put scum on there and like veto yeah. i don't think i don't know like it's more of like a grind record i guess
1: yeah too. definitely definitely and uh, what else was I, What else is on there? Um, I already said that. Oh, this is one. Somehow, um, I didn't listen to Cynic's Focus until very recently. Yeah. And it's because it's an album that I've known about forever, but for some reason I never got around to it. And when I did listen to it, I I liked it. But I think what also surprised me, the two things that was interesting for me about that album is it was how accessible it was. Yeah. Also um, it's as much, I think similar to like obscure, it's as much about what that out, what they do on that album is like what they don't do. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, you can have passages that don't have distortion. You can have hooks in the middle of them Mm -hmm. and, um, the lead sing, you know, the, the second vocalist guy was, have, was losing his voice, so he had to speak, you know, he had to use vocoder, yeah. which I know for some people, for, for some, a lot of people in metal, that seems to be this big sticking point. But as somebody who has grown up listening to Zap and listened to a lot of guys with auto-tune, it's like, come the fuck on, people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. it sounds cool to me. Yeah, that was a record that I really,
0: it's not my top ten, but i really respected that record because it was like it's just so different and like that was the kind of the the um the uh the impetus behind me doing a podcast about all these records it was like i was listening to the list and i got to that one and i was like yo like i could i have a lot to say about this and then i was like hmm i could start a podcast and talk about this record because you it's...
1: absolutely could you absolutely yeah. could which you know i'm gonna have to say it as well um vince because of this and i knew it was gonna be on here i yeah. blame you for making me get like get back into listening to metal again <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault oh no like <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i mean this is this is also a partial recommendation no not partial but as far as riffs and um I can sort of connect it to one of the one of the albums on my list as far as an introduction pack. Um, I've been getting back and listening to Voivod lately. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, because I heard their most recent album, Synchro Anarchy, and I really liked it. It's like a refinement of what they do, basically. And I think, you know, again, Sergeant D, one of the things I remember him saying was like, uh, a lot of ideas that, that um, hardcore people come across is just stuff that metalheads were doing ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would highly recommend certain people if they were, if they're really up for it. Um, you and know, give, Voivod. yeah, check out Voivod. Give Killing Technology a shout. Give um their most re- their stuff from like Target Earth when they reformed and they had a Dan Mongrain in there. I think they would get a kick out of that. Yeah, I've never heard Voivod, so I'll go check it out. Voivod's good. I think you would also like their first two albums. It's really like sloppy and gnarly sort of shit. Yeah. And Voivod are one of the best examples in metal of like the worse the album cover looks, the better the music is. (laughs) So, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend that because rest in peace, Piggy. That guy, really singular guitarist. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. okay i'll give him. i'll give them a shot so like i i know you're a music lover because we like we met in like the overnight drive facebook group which you know years ago which is yeah, like,
2: cool.
0: like a hardcore kind of adjacent thing mm-hmm. and then your facebook profile picture has been trout mask replica for as long <laughs> as I've, I've known you and mm-hmm. then you know, you're always sending me like hip hop recommendations and stuff, but yeah. I didn't know that you were as big of a. It doesn't shock me that you're a, a metalhead, but I'm. I i did not know you were as enthusiastic about it as you as you were. So like, how did you get into death metal in, and stuff?
1: My, I kind of have a. I've got. I've say now I've sort of got a conflicted relationship with metal. for... Yeah. Some for personal reasons which i'm I'm okay with talking would bringing them up here, but also just like the benefits I've kind of gotten out of it, so to give you a loose rundown with me um i I've always been well my main sort of my bedrocks has been like bashment dancehall and and jungle okay so my uncle my uncle used to d j for like pirate radio up in Nottingham and that. And also I was a rap because, well, that's that's what I grew up around. That's what my cousins were all up on, like Westwood and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So these times I wouldn't say I was consciously like a rock listener, you know. There's a lot of stuff for me as far as where my man's coming from. I didn't grow up with that. It was only when I turned about 15, 16 that's when yeah. I was like, I'm going to consciously start listening to, like, rock music shit. Yeah. And um, it's not that I didn't like stuff in the past and, like, certain songs in the past and whatever. I mean, my mother, who came over to Britain in, like, 75, she always said, you know, she she sometimes told me about what it was like for her when she first heard the Pistols and the first two, like, somebody coming from Jamaica, she yeah. said the first two rock musicians she got into was... Um, t-rex and uh ziggy stardust the Bowie. okay so that's always been kind of an interesting thing yeah so you have to imagine i was like 15 16 and grime was like that was my my epicenter my world and whatever mm-hmm. and at a certain point the scene was kind of changing over and that's when the road rap stuff came up with like gigs and killer kai and blade brown and some of them man and i wasn't it's not even that i had any problem with the lyrics it's just i always thought the flows and the beat the flows are always kind of stiff the beats were too slow so yeah i remember thinking at the time i wish i could come and i wish i could come on here and lie to you and say like i had the flipping metal a headbangers gen a headbangers journey revelation of like oh this is my thing but no, truth be told, I I was like, I want something out of my comfort zone. I want to be challenged, and I want something that's different. And it made... It was a no-brainer to me. The conclusion I came to was uh, metal, first and foremost. Yeah. Well, I guess so, it's like the aesthetic properties of it are, like,
0: super different from the stuff that you were listening to at the time.
1: Of course. Of course. So, I... I've always been a bit of a social butterfly. So I got along with like the metalheads in my, a couple of the metalheads in my year. So I remember before like a PE lesson, brethren of mine who's named Jake and it's always a guy named Jake for some reason. <laughs> he must've tuned me onto one Lamb of God tune, which I've never been a fan of him, but um, I thought, yeah, this doesn't sound too bad. And then he he lent me his copies on CD of uh, Master of Puppets and um, Machine Head's Through the Ashes of Empire, which I haven't listened to that one in a very long time, but I might do so. Yeah. And cool. um, yeah, from there, when I was getting into metal, from getting through that Metallica, which I'll admit getting into some of those bands, it did take... It did take a bit of getting used to, in part because metal production has never been, you know, they have a thing against bass for some flipping reason. (laughs) I mean, also, of course, I like as far as where to get into metal for me, it was just like, oh, Black Sabbath is apparently the beginning. All right, I'll, I'll start there then. Yeah. So from there especially because these were like the wild west days of like blog spots and mega upload and rapid share and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i just kind of went hog wild (laughs) yeah just get your hands on everything you could yeah and these were the days when um it was funny because while my friends were listening to stuff like the bands i remember them being into they were listening to like slipknot um trivium bullet for my valentine who i never want to hear again (laughs) um yeah like the popular kind of yeah bring bring me the horizon bleeding through i was the person who was getting further into like the nitty gritty of this stuff so uh, a good chunk of the bands that come up on the list and certain current stuff um i really got into that's also how I kind of got to hardcore like the 80s stuff it wasn't again it's just because I thought the songs were good yeah and um I say on a personal level it kind of leaves me conflicted because uh I think one of the things that metal sort of done for me was I tried to introduce certain family members and certain friends to uh a lot of the, some of the stuff that I was into, because these yeah. at the same time I was really getting into like jazz and getting into noise. Cause one of the music teachers I had at my school was an avant, was an avant-garde jazz musician. So mm-hmm. I got re he really turned me on to some mad shit. that I still quite nice still like, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And um, they basically thought I was nuts. They thought I must've lost my sense of taste or, for lack of a better expression, they must have thought that I... that I, Oh, the white people must have got me. Which I... I Then and now, I've always looked at it as like... As I said, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. It's not that I was throwing all the things away that I liked beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's just for this time, this is the stuff that I am interested in. And... Whether I go back to that, back to what I originally liked or not, which eventually I have done so and gotten into other things as a result of it. Yeah. It's still up in the air. It's still up in the air. And
0: yeah. so, uh, I I mean, yeah, it is kind of hard to like get into something and then try and like show it to people and then look at you like, what the, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So uh, ever since, so ever since then, I've sort of grappled with these, uh, Man the best way to put I can put it is like a man without a country kind of things. Yeah. Where there's there's other things on there's other things that factor into it, but it's this sort of there's a video I watched on YouTube where the guy summed it up as though it's like you're both praised for being close to a sort of proximity of whiteness and you're both chastised for it at the same time. Okay. That's, which that's very interesting, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. which is very frustrating but then as I've said for a lot of what uh, there's a bunch of different reasons for me where I've always kind of felt I've seen things from the other side of the fence and yeah. when I try to explain to people speak to people about no it's not really like that but they have these ideas and whatever in great like drilled and ingrained into them it's kind of hard to be like you know even, you're not trying to be harsh with them, but you, it's hard to like make them see your end of the stick, your end, your end of things. You put a lot in, but you don't get the same kind of response from others. So that's been, that's kind of been my journey. I would be lying if I was to say that I don't have a certain number of regrets and disappointments because I'm somebody who also never quite found the niche to call my own. Yeah, sure. So, like, you're you're the hardcore person, so you you've got your thing. Me, yeah. I have never exactly found that, and it's not for the one to try So, but um, yeah, it introduced me to people that I otherwise probably would have never talked to before. It's part, you know, I've I've been exposed to a bunch of different ideas and different things, and I think it's benefited <sighs> it in a long time. And I hope that there's younger people who are like younger than me who in some way in a lot of ways they don't have to deal with those similar sort of things so they're able to explore more and develop more in in some ways or another and I don't I leave you know I leave them to it I'm not upset about that that's that's them but yeah that's my that's about as that's about as brief and truncated I can tell you about my my journey the metal, and also um I gotta say um Shout outs to Sergeant D who um Metal Inquisition and stuff you will hate definitely <laughs> um yeah you man. know that definitely made a big impact on me as far as like you know yeah metal heads are just as bad at taking themselves far too seriously as rappers are. Yeah. If anything, it's even worse because they think they're so much more yeah, they they're so much more sophisticated. Yeah yeah and i'm just like and here i am just like no no you're not no you're you're not making me give up my spice one albums <laughs> <laughs> you're not making me give you're not making me throw away any like or mixtapes or young bleed or whatever that's yeah that's not happening no
0: no no chance mm-hmm. well i mean it's like i what you were saying about like the younger the younger generation i've noticed nowadays it's like almost like rate your music core kind of a thing going on
1: Uh, yeah which is very very bizarre to me because i've always looked at rate your music as like the last Well, because i was coming at it from a rap fan perspective and that's generally what my perspective has been that's the last place i've ever looked to for rap album recommendations (laughs) the last place yeah, so, you got some weirdo
0: shit on there for rap music recommendation.
1: Yeah, it's like flipping, a couple one or two Young thug things, okay. Then it's like a couple stuff from the from like the New York canon, and then it's these very specific SoundCloud people and and from like one or two of them Drain Gang man, who I'm not a fan of. Yeah, and then as fuck, bro. And, de- and then flipping. You get one or two of these guys from Tur- these Turkish rappers. It's just like,
2: where did these
1: come from? Yeah,
0: it's it's completely it's completely detached from like, um, a lot of like you know, like you especially as someone who came up listening to hip hop and stuff when you were like a kid. It's like so completely detached from like anybody who had that experience. I find. Yeah, but, exactly. But the one thing I will say about it is that these these kids are getting exposed to a lot of different types of music like you know it's like very it's very funny to see kids who will have like they'll make their little topster on twitter or whatever and it's like oh you have like jane doe on here and you also have like a drain gang record and like like a joanna newsome record and it's it's very it's you know so it's like they are getting exposed to a lot of different stuff, which I think is kind of similar to the path that that you kind of forged, but you kind of forged that yourself, whereas I think they're getting it from, like, an algorithm, which is
1: kind of, like, my my path was definitely, like, forged through, trying, forged through, like, just going through different places and trying out stuff and it's like oh i you know i like this this is cool and whatever oh, oh what's this album no means no means knows wrong all right <laughs> let me hear this there's a difference between biding one's time and waiting one's time yeah i totally agree with that <laughs> oh that's, yeah yeah i definitely that was i think that's a different major difference for me is i had I, I kind of forged it myself rather than having you know rather than getting it through like algorithms or Spotify and whatever and yeah. I think in some ways for me I still kind of for me in a lot of ways I still kind of have that yeah So that's well that's that's
0: a very interesting perspective and unique perspective to have right like I I do mm-hmm. sympathize with like you don't really have a place to call home but at the same time like you can talk to so many different people about so much different
1: stuff yeah. And, yeah. Um you know. And so and not to get too sappy before we get to here, but if there's anybody listening who uh goes through who's going through that or is still is, I'm gonna be the one to tell you you got a lot of strength that other that a lot of other people who are in those kind of groups or whatever, they don't have that. They don't have that and um you learn to like your own company. So don't don't worry no, so you're yeah. doing all right i'm not saying that those that frustration and those issues and whatever they they're not gonna you know it'll take you a while it will still take you a while to feel comfortable but nah it requires a lot of strength and a lot of people don't say that so fuck it man saying that
0: yeah Word. so um yeah top 10 um are you gonna go uh in any order or you were saying you were just going to, you couldn't really order them, so you're just going to kind of throw them out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got, well, I've got a, a sort of a loose top 10. Take okay. Out.
0: Yeah, so I was thinking maybe we could go like back and forth. Like you do one, I'll do one, and then we can like yeah. um, just kind of talk about them. Uh, okay. so number, so number 10 on my list. Uh, let me see what do I got here. Uh, Human by death, which okay. I think that's kind of like it's like a watershed moment in the genre like Mm -hmm. definitely like but it's like it's like a b b c kind of like before human after human right right. like death metal's evolution and like i really i don't know i just think it's like such a such an interesting record
1: yeah yeah um i I do like human I really do i think even though i i still for some reason I still have the the opening riff to i think it's suicide machine the second track that's that's still burned into my head for some yeah. reason and um yeah it's it's funny because again I bring up cynic and two of the people who play on the album are Paul Masvidal and Sean Reiner who You know, they play on that, they play on that, as well as, uh, of course, Steve DiGiorgio and whatever. Yeah. And it's it's definitely really accomplished. It's really well put together. Um, You know, what I've always found interesting about um, Death is, uh, well, also with the list, I think it's odd that um, Leprosy is ranked so high, considering, you know... The other albums they did, like Human and Four Patterns and even Scream, Bloody Gore. But Bloody Gore, of course, I think it's interesting that the only two people who play on that are here, Chuck Scholdener and Chris Reifert. Yeah. And they both went in very different directions as far as what they did with Death Metal. Yeah. You, you notice that, like, Scholten goes into the like the more, you know, the more technical, more you know, composerly kind of approach. It's very well put together. You know, it's well put together and everything, which yeah. explains why later on, after he was done with death, he was briefly with that controlled denied band, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, Chris Rhyfer, who he goes he goes and make autopsy, which autopsy is. While you know, I can understand people not really vibing with the sort of juvenile sense of humor, but it's very messy and very sloppy, and there's a lot of energy and enthusiasm there, and it makes yeah. sense that they would start going into Doom Metal. And also, um, just another suggestion from me, um, for the period of time after um autopsy split up after their last album and when they reformed in like 2010. Um, Chris Rhyfot was in a band called with uh, Danny Corrales was in a band called Abscess. Yeah, and Abscess's stuff. Well, at least I would say maybe their first two or three albums. They're very sort of sloppy hardcore sounding death metal. Parts. Oh, interesting. So, I think you. I think Pete. I think some people would get, would get a kick out. Would get a kick out of that. So like, Seminal Vampires and Maggot Men. Um, yeah, their their last album, Horror Hammer, I remember quite liking as well. So there's there's stuff there's yeah that's that's a band I reckon. I would I would suggest people to check out as well. Yeah, I'll check
0: I'll check them out for Abscess. hmm Yeah, Because like yeah, like I said, like I I'm pretty new to all this death metal stuff, so like you know.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, my number nine. In part because I still so vividly remember that period when a bunch of really bad metalcore bands were stealing, were cribbing from it at yeah. the gates of slaughter of the soul. Sure,
0: that's a that's a good one. It's a it's fast. It's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one I've that's one I've come back to a fair bit since I heard it on the list.
1: Yeah yeah the 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 songs are the songs are tight the songs are really really tight i've always liked i like their lead singer i it's just a good album i don't know what else to say you know (laughs) yeah it's just it's just genuinely like honestly solid as far as that that stuff especially hopefully if you haven't like gotten like made yourself completely bored of flipping uh in flames or whatever this is this is worth it yeah
0: and like you like you kind of mentioned they're very influential on a lot of stuff in the hardcore scene as well too so Mm -hmm. um my number nine is be aside by be aside which i think um a record that i hadn't heard a whole lot before doing the list but i'd heard it you know three or four times and every time i heard it i was like this is a really good record and then hearing it again it's just like I don't know it's just like like I compared it in the episode to a band's like Discharge and Minor Threat where it's like they're not really doing a whole lot but they're what what they're doing they're
1: super effective at it you know what I mean yeah, like
2: yeah 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 it's not um, all um... over the place
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, go go ahead. I would definitely put that down to like uh the Hoffman brothers and Steve Asheim, who's like that's their hidden weapon. It I they decide it's funny because they're also some people would say they're one of those bands where it's like now they're held as legends, where back in the day they were kind of seen as a joke, you know. Oh, yeah. Glenn Benton, the guy who's gonna say he's gonna kill himself at 33 to copy Jesus and
0: burning an upside down
1: cross into his head like yeah all right man but (laughs) I there's I can still the the opening to lunatic of God's creation it's like it's so clearly you can track where that goes until he he starts singing on it because you can tell like oh this was put together in parts this was fought out and clearly well done and everything and um, yeah, I I would still I would still, I like that album I'd still say it's solid yeah. I would also say um, for Deicide, uh, Stench of Redemption which came out in around 2006 yeah. is really good, which is interesting because between I want to say Once Upon the Cross, which I remember quite liking ages ago but the albums between that and *The Stench of Redemption* are, for a lack of a better word, not good. Yeah, sure. So this one, they, the Hoffman brothers were long gone, so they had uh, one of the guys from I Stuff and the uh, Jack Owen from Cannibal Corpse, who mm. is now unfortunately more known for, you know, is in Six Feet Under, which is a terrible band. Mm-hmm. Was he the drummer? <laughs> no i think he plays guitar
0: in oh, it. okay because i thought funny. i thought the drumming on the deicide record and the drumming on the cannibal corpse record were super like similar like i thought like it was like kind of like a branch of the same tree as opposed to the morbid angel stuff or the death stuff which is a lot more like thrash oriented i thought yeah you know, a lot more yeah. blast and a lot more double kick on that shit mm-hmm.
1: yeah that that definitely that makes sense that makes sense but, um, stench of redemption, there's uh, there's slightly more of a melodic bent to it, and oh. both lead guitarists are like there's solos all over the album. Yeah, <laughs> it was to my surprise. Some people are like, Oh, I don't like this album because there's too many guitar solos on it, and I'm like, Fucking, I thought Metalhead loved this sort of thing. <laughs> What's going on, idiots? it's It's good it's a it's a genuinely really good album and also it was a surprise at the time because people wrote them off and yeah sure i don't know i haven't heard the the other the other couple ones they did afterwards but that one i would say yes so Day Deicide, dayside's first album um i don't particularly i'm not sure i really like blasphemy rion the fifth track on there oh yeah I, yeah but like Dead by Dawn, sacrificial suicide, carnage in the temple of the Dan. Good shit, man.
0: Yeah, that's, that's bangers. So, what was your uh, what was your number eight or
1: loosely? Um, yeah, my number eight was Left Hand Path Entombed, because mm-hmm. Good uh, yeah, I and this is sort of reflective. My approach, well, my approach as far as when I made my intro to death metal pack was thinking in terms of like what would somebody from hard what would be the thing that would bridge them between stuff like this to to death metal yeah which is interesting because I there was a while back where I had a guy who he it's not that he didn't you know who's like a rock guy who just couldn't get to grips with like really technical metal stuff so in tuned with that in mind I thought yeah this this has you know the, it has the flipping boss tones it's got yeah. the, the boss tone guitars it's got the it's got the you know Nicky Anderson just killing it on the drums yeah and great drumming got, on that record yeah, yeah you've got the you know it's not just all all the lead stuff and it's just it's it's a lot more bare bones and for the juggler in a way that doesn't bother with the technicality and more the intensity and you know what I'm just gonna throw it in there as well um this member like with an ever-flowing stream for similar reasons but that album is just it's just so tight yeah it's just so tight and there's enough there that um this member never made never really made the sort of leaps and sound like and did although sure. i i really like uh wolverine blues i think that's a really good gym album <laughs> <laughs> but um like an ever-flowing stream i mean you know soon soon to be dead i don't know how people in heart i don't know how if you're a hardcore person you couldn't get into that yeah. and no it sounds like integrity Like right? there you go there you go and um all right nails nails yeah, i know sure. the guy in nails is a dickhead now but i remember when on silent death came out that was exciting for me because it was like oh the Hardcore people have suddenly come across like the the the, the Swedish shit. Now this yeah. is gonna be me, you know, yeah. because I don't know. I think I just prefer this stuff to like the the mel the melodic the the melodic death metal stuff. Not that I dislike it. I mean, I think hard work is fucking amazing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just think this this sort of stuff has more of that boot in the boot you in the balls quality to it. Yeah, you know? for sure. So. There we go. That's that's my, so those are the next, those are my next two is Entombed and Dismembered. Cool. So next for me,
0: um, number eight, Testimony of the Ancients by Pestilence. Um, I thought it was like, what I appreciated about it is that they kind of keep, for the most part, they keep the like loops and jazz bass and kind of stuff mm-hmm. to the interludes and the actual songs themselves are really fast and that's kind of what I took that's what I really took from that record is it's like it's super fast and I think they're you know they're going out on a limb they're doing creative stuff but not at the expense of like oh you're just gonna put this in the middle of the song and
1: like derail like the whole flow of the song for me yeah yeah because I know well there's a lot of thrash, There's a number of thrash and death metal bands where when they start going technical, they, they kind of, they kind of get lost in the mix as far as like we want to make this as complex as possible.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, um, de- um Dark Angel, who are like a late eighties early nineties <laughs> uh, thrash metal band that I really yeah. like. Um, their last album, Time Does Not Heal. I know there's a couple of people who are like, oh, that's kind of when they lost it. But I I really like that album. And it infam- it famously had a sticker that says um nine songs, 67 minutes, 246 riffs. <laughs> yeah. Back, that's, that's what people back in the day would call like a, a riff salad. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it and it kind of it is i get it but i still really like that album i, I really do like that time does, that album time does not heal so i would so i i, I get it i get it and um there's
0: so i mean there's some riff salad stuff that you know like it like like i think like the cryptopsy record you could you could almost call that riff salad but it's like it it works it's because the riffs are fucking every single riff on that record is hard as fuck.
1: So like, it, every single riff goes hard, and um, that one is higher up on my list. I apologize for like, going out of order. Yeah, but it's it's an album that just has such a like manic energy to it, and there's you know, you it's hard to forget the intro to Phobify, which starts off with the with the piano, yeah, or flipping. Or Jastic Disembowelment with the Evil Dead sample at the end. And I forget what song it is. It might be Dead and Dripping, where all of a sudden there's like slap bass in the middle. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And then, of course, you got fucking Lord Worm on there, which, God, you want to talk about a textbook example of what a absolutely singular vocalist that guy yeah. was? Good grief. So yeah he, Yeah. None, none so a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um number what are we doing here number seven yeah i mean i i did my seven and six so i did then so if you want to do that then go okay. ahead yeah cool um
0: so my number seven is horrified by repulsion um uh, okay i think that's like being somebody who likes uh 80s hardcore and mm-hmm. i'm not a huge power violence head but like you know, I definitely appreciate. Like, I love that Infest record, um, okay. and I love, you know, some of the crossed out stuff is pretty good. And I just think that record, it, it's, it just sounds like it sounds like fucking Discharge and DRI, but also like a metal record. So yeah. it's like yeah. it just hits such a sweet spot for me because it's like. This is everything I like about hardcore, and also everything I like about death metal. And like, you know, it's like just like from a personal perspective, it's like I can't, I can't not like this because it's, it's so, like the songwriting is so punk, it's so hardcore, but like the riffs mm-hmm. themselves are are like such good like death metal riffs, and it's like, yeah,
1: it's got a really not, it's got a really gnarly quality to it as well. Hmm. Yeah, I think the way that it was recorded and then,
0: like, kind of, like, remastered or whatever it kind of gives it that, um... It's, like, it, it doesn't sound like Scott Burns produced it, you know what I mean? It sounds yeah, like some yeah. some drunk guy in a basement made it, which is, like, <laughs> fucking sick, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean... I, I did think, for, like, maybe historical reasons to put Repulsion's Horrified on there, but, yeah. um... I decided not to go, not to go, go with it. Not because I think it's a it's a bad album by any stretch, but just I can totally understand the the eighties hard corners of it that is in there that some people kind of bounce off of that. Yeah. But I mean, it's propulsion, man. <laughs> That's all mm-hmm. I could say. That album is really, really good. Yeah. For so sure. my my cool. next pick. Um, You know, I suppose this is just going to be another two for both the first two Morbid Angel albums. Although if it was up to me, I would put all three of the The first first three three. albums on there. Um, It's funny because um, I have gone through a decent chunk of their discography and... um, really generally very consistent up until i would say gateways to annihilation yeah heretic i still need to listen to the rest of because ugh, the production on it really lets it down and some of the riffs don't totally feel fully finished domination which i know some people don't don't like because it's like oh that was when death metal started getting commercial and it's like sure Come on, people! What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> where the where the slime? Like I, I get it that it doesn't have all the the jerky changes and things like that. But that's one of those things. It's like when metal certain albums when you when metalheads talk about like oh this was their sellout album or whatever and you hear it and I'm thinking where does where does anything on this sound like this was yeah. going coming. Like, honestly, some they're of They're not these...
0: playing that shit at the mall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not... It's not going in a fucking Buick commercial. Like, I don't know what exactly they're... What exactly they're trying to, like, level... Exactly.
1: Some of these albums, some of these albums, even now when I'm listening to them, I'm like, it still baffles me that these got music videos. <laughs> I can understand if it was, like, after Post Watershed, which, you know, is a British expression for shows that get shown You know. Certain programs that get shown on TV after like ten o'clock and whatever. Okay, yeah. So in that sense, I could understand, but even then, it's just like flipping. This stuff was the the thing because there's there's nothing on here to me that sounds like that strikes me as commercial, you know. No. Yeah. Even factoring in for the for the time of what was happening. So, but Altars of Madness is just amazing yeah I really really like that. I really really like both of those just for the the atmosphere on them it, there's been, that's one thing you don't really hear people talk about with with some of these bands sometimes It's kind of the energy you get from them. I suppose that's more a black metal thing yeah but these but like those morbid those morbid angel albums it really is like yeah you're you're stepping into the charcoal ashen abyss as well. And Trey Asaytov is, a, you know, he he might be a he might be a dork who who takes like Lovecraft stuff way too seriously, but mm-hmm. you can't take that guy's talents as far as solos and riffs and whatever away from him. No, yeah, um, I, the energy on that,
0: especially on *Alters and Madness*, the energy on that record, it's just it's just like like, when I, I just, I literally just put that up before I talked to you, my, my, um uh, my final episode or whatever, it's, right. like, to me, it feels like the dudes who are playing, like, you know how, like, a, you get, like, five guys, if you want to make classical music, you get, like, five guys in the room who, like, like, all studied their whole life to, like, mm-hmm. play some shit, and then it feels like that's how that record was made, it's, like, I don't know it's just like some something about the energy of that record it seems like more than metal music almost it seems yeah. like it seems like this is being composed and conducted almost like it's just so intense and like you know i don't think i don't think like a lot of this stuff especially the, the stuff that came out around it just seems kind of like you know hillbillies that kind of like stumbled into some shit that ended up being really good (laughs) i don't think that morbid angel record i don't think you can say that about the morbid angel record
1: yeah 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 i get that and also um i could see um a lot of hardcore people getting into gateways to annihilation like it's not slow enough to be a doom album but it definitely feels thicker and chunkier and um Eric Root Ru- Eric Rooten, who is in yeah, he's in he's in Hate Eternal. He plays guitar on there and he does some interesting stuff as far as solos and he has a very different style to Trey. And the album before that, I mean, if you thought Alters was was crazy as far as intensity, have you heard Formula's Fatal to the Flesh? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's a couple keyboard interludes on there which depending on how you feel on them might hamper or you know might bother you as far as your enjoyment True. but this is like there's this is the album where it's all just lightning speed and every song on there has just this really gnarly solo on it yeah <laughs> and david vincent's not on it he left and it's Steve Tucker's on there who I, I like Steve Tucker. Different different kind of vocalist to to David Vincent. Sure. But oh man, that album is wild. I'll <laughs> it's give, I'll give absolutely it absolutely yeah. Wild formulas, fatal to the flesh. So that one I would absolutely say if you if you just want something that's like you need a shot in the arm, give that a go. Okay, for sure. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. I did say I'd be coming with them recommendations. (laughs) So those are my next two picks. Just the first two Morbid Angel albums on the list. Cool. So number six, I put Heartwork
0: by Carcass. Yes. Which I think is like, I I don't know. Like, it's just like, if if you're going to level commercial quote unquote accusations at any record, it might be that one, but it, also just because of the way the songs are written like you know we're going from from the criticism was like eight minute long songs and shit to some stuff where it's all like in kind of like the three and a half, four, maybe five minute mark and like choruses on it and stuff but i love that man like i just like the fact that it's basically a classic rock record on like speed to me that record it's just like i love it it's just like it's it's
2: yeah yeah
0: easy to listen to It's like, you put that on and it's like, you know, it's enjoyable the whole way through. It's catchy. There's Mm -hmm. lots of, you know, stuff to sink your teeth into. But it also kicks ass. Like, you can't deny that that record is fucking hard as shit.
1: So I I have a really, really big soft spot for Carcass. Yeah. From when they were one of the bands from when I was getting into grindcore and into death metal that I... I really really got into because it was like oh these these guys have you know it's not just it's not just that they evolved over time and changed. it's also just the little things like oh if you you look at the lyrics and there's all these medical terms and whatever and it's like oh I'm an English you know I like words I'm an English grad what do these mean yeah (laughs) and also on those first couple albums it's like oh they give all these like little funny descriptions of the guitar solos. And yeah. Especially on those first two albums, which I really miss from later on and I wish more metal bands did, where they all did the, the vocals together. Yeah. <laughs> I really I really, really like that. So I I really I definitely got into into carcass and the sense of humor was a big is another big one for me. Yeah. I really, really like that that lot sense of Carcass's sense of humor. As far as how they they did things, and I I saw them some years ago down Camden, and um, it was me, my friend Daria, and a friend of hers, and somebody else. And I remember we we did kind of leave a, a little bit early because we had you know they had stuff to do. But I remember yeah. at the end, and I told them like, oh these these songs are just as good as I remembered them. It, it's yeah. great. It's great to, to to be able to say that, you know. Yeah, I had a yeah. good time. The songs were great. Got to hear them do flipping general grinder of Rika Putrefaction. faction. They did Corporal Jigsaw Quandary, which you damn well know I was happy when they did that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, man, I I absolutely have a, a massive massive soft spot for for Carcass. Yeah. On there. So yeah, and I mean, I'd never it. heard.
0: I'd never heard the. I'd heard. I think I'd heard um Necroticism like maybe once or twice before. I'd never heard Symphony mm-hmm. Sickness. And that's been okay. a really; those two have been really. Um, like I've gone back to those two a fair bit, uh, just after hearing them on the list because it's they're they're great records.
1: Right. I will. I'm also gonna say this. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a person for takes. I don't like hot takes. I do opinions. Damn it. Yeah. And um, I listened to their album "Swan Song" for the first time as well this year. Oh yeah. And I like it. That's I thought, the one that people didn't like, right? Yeah, yeah. But, here, see, the first two songs I thought were kind of like, okay. But then from, like, track three onwards, it's just good shit. Yeah. And not only that, but it's genuinely well-produced, which is not something I can say a lot for a lot of metal albums. Sure, yeah. Like anytime there's a metal album I listen to and it's like, oh, I can hear the bass on it, that's noteworthy for me. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, here you go, man. Um my next pick is uh Sepultura's Arise. Yeah, good pick. I think the people who there's some people who think of themselves as like, oh no, the more tasteful pick would be fucking uh, Beneath the Remains, which is a good album, but yeah. nah man. Just arise The drums don't... It doesn't have sort of the typical Scott Burns drums. It's it's tight. It's intense. It's kind of got... It's got that death metal, thrash metal balance. Yeah. Uh, Dead Embryonic Cells is great. Um, The title track, which starts it off, is really good. I really, really like the cover of uh, Motorheads of Gasmatron. Yeah. You can find certain versions of this album, so... Fuck yeah, man! Arise. I can't say much else. Yeah, know
0: it's a really, it's a really good, uh, a really good record, and I think you know I'm I'm gonna bring it up later when I talk about records that hardcore kids could get into because it's like a lot of there's a lot of a lot of I think the dudes in Marauder were listening to a lot of Sepultura before they right. uh, made their made their record. Uh, number five for me is war master by bolt thrower Ooh, which is like okay that's like bolt thrower is kind of like you know like they're the like the death metal band de jour and hardcore like you know the merch and the the imagery and of course. and the music i think too kind of translates really well so that's kind of the band that i really got into like real hard when i was getting into death metal um mm-hmm. And, like, I agree with you. I think Fourth Crusade should have been on this list somewhere, too. Um, but just picking the ones that were on the list, Warmasters, like, it's just such a sick fucking record, man. Like, the, the, yeah. the, the mosh riffs on it are so good. The lyrics are fucking, like, I I think he actually, you know, he puts time into his lyrics, like, a craft into his lyrics that mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. these these other dudes, like... Like, you were talking about that cancer record. That was that shit is fucking garbage, bro. <laughs> the lyrics on that shit are fucking trash. And you compare that to Bolt Thrower, who, you know, sonically, I think there's a fair bit of, you could compare the two bands. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just not even, it's just not even close, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. lyric wise. But I really do, I really do like, um, like, Warmaster, just like such a grimy album. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, yeah, like, like, I don't know what else to say about it, but it's just like,
1: great, you know? Of course, of course. Um, My next pick, I've touched on them already, but uh, Carcass, I'm I'm going to go with Necroticism. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because my intro to Death Metal Pack is going to be, it's going to have a different album from them on the list yeah okay. but, I mean what else can I snow you with necroticism it's yeah it's it's definitely you could say they're more progressive effort because the songs are longer and it's more technical and I I think for somebody who is getting into it I I give them that one because it's like yeah you you can do this you can do this in death metal it doesn't just have to be sort of the straightforward you know the straightforward kind of kind of well more straightforward cannibal courts kind of stuff you can yeah. get adventurous with it and there is stuff out there that kind of goes against the grain and goes and goes angular and stuff like that and just fucking bill steer some of the riffs and solos he comes up on that thing like pedigree butchery and incarnated solvent abuse really yeah. really you know really really impressive
0: stuff yeah. Really, really impressive so those cool. are those are two of the songs that i think the guitar playing is fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. on that great record um yeah like i said i haven't really heard that one a whole lot but it's just i just love how like i love when a band can write a six minute long song or a seven minute long song and it's like there's nothing from this that i want to cut from the song you know what i yeah. mean yeah. and i think that record a record's got like at least two or three examples of that where it's like the song is at least five and a half minutes maybe six minutes long even maybe more and i still fucking think every second of this is worth it which is like you know that's like top tier yeah metal yeah.
1: songwriting to me yeah and and also the, the whole concept of the album is basically like here's the various ways we can dis we can dispose of corpses which is yeah. like it's definitely a very death metal idea, but knowing this, just to bring it back to Britain, knowing this lot are all from like they're all Midland, they're all sort of like Scousers or around Liverpool. It's yeah. that exact kind of kind of sense of humour that that makes sense for me. Like I was okay. watching, a, I was watching a documentary. It's up on YouTube in parts where they talk about how their career went and everything. Oh. And I remember um, Jeff Walker goes back to their, their old practice space where I think they practice for Symphonies of Sickness and the guy asks him like oh does this take you back and he's like take me back to what being bored shitless you know making <laughs> tea and being bored shitless all day <laughs> that's funny that's
0: funny yeah I got you what's, what's the documentary called I'll check it out Um,
1: let me see if I can find it it's cool called uh the pathologist report. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, the pathologist report. Cool.
1: So what's your what's your next
0: pick? My next pick, uh number four, Tomb of the Mutilated by Cannibal Corpse. Alright. Um I was listening to that one on the way over here. It's just like the most brutal fucking record I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like it's just so, it's so hard, it's so heavy, the, feet, like, like I, I can't really understand what he's saying, but, like, <laughs> you look at the song titles, you listen to the, the samples that they're using, and shit, it's like, yo, this is, this is cr- fucking crazy person music, like, this guy's got something wrong with him, and it's like, um, I also kind of appreciated, too, like when this came out, I feel like, you know, the, the general trend just listening to the rest of the albums on the list was to get more melodic and more technical, more progressive with kind of what was happening at the time, which is sick. I appreciate a lot of those albums, but I do like the element of this to just kind of go, you know, bare bones, back to basic, let's just make a fucking ugly-ass record that, you know, is going to just... We can mosh to, and we can punch each other in the face to this shit and that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate that about this record. And yeah,
2: I'm,
0: yeah. Just top-notch songs on it, dude. Like, you know? Mm-hmm,
1: mm mm-hmm. I, yeah I haven't listened to uh, Tomb of the Mutilated in quite some time, but, yeah, that is... It it's definitely a very strong. You can't say it doesn't make a, a strong first impression. A strong first impression. So yeah. I approve of the pick. It makes sense to me.
0: Awesome. What uh, What about you? What's next on your list?
1: So um, coming up to my last two, okay. um, I I talked about it earlier. But my first pick is uh, of course is Obscura. Sure again as i said similar reason to cynic it's as much about what it does as it doesn't do and um uh, also i just think <laughs> it's one of those albums where um considering how people now are all in are now sort of like new metal was actually amazing yeah there are definitely some riffs on here that i think people who love them some new metal could appreciate yeah and like the people who love You know, the like the
0: Meshugga metal core. Yeah. I don't know why this, I don't know why they're why Meshugga got jocked so hard, but this band didn't because it's, you know, it's very similar kind of uh, like super rhythmic sort of shit going on
1: there. I mean, see, I, I like Meshugga. I don't know if that will put me on, put me on, no, people who want to go and tar and feather me for that. But Mm -hmm. like Destroyer Race Improve and Chaosphere, man, I, I tell you, those, those guys go off and i'm always i'm into them because uh i like how rhythmic they are because i think that's what eventually one of the reasons i kind of got bored of listening to metal was because uh when everybody is like a certain level of good as a drummer you kind of they all sort of blur into one another sure so uh Somebody like Tom, I so I ended up listening to try and listen to other metal that maybe wasn't as fast or whatever, but at least they had a bit more, they had more personality to how they played. And um, yeah, Tom, Thomas Hackett, I know he's somebody who, when people say, oh, like he's the God drummer, it's like, what are you people talking about? Mm -hmm. I do this one specific thing and I suppose I do it very well. It's like, yeah. I mean, I kind of get it, but it's just like it's everything that fits around it that makes it work for me. So just like similarly with Obscura, and like I said to you, it's not so much. I think if people came out in mind in terms of they set themselves a certain number of rules as far as how to make songs or come up with riffs, and it's not, oh, they, they try to make like some kind of Zanakis 20th century modernist thing. They get more out of it, so yeah, fucking fucking a, yeah, man, Obscura, you're not, you're not gonna be taking that away, and also the the mm-hmm. weird creepy viola on earthly love, come on, yeah,
0: yeah, I love the I love the nine minute song on that one. That one was a, uh, that's like this this one wasn't it wasn't like my personal favorite, but it was like oh. I like what they're doing. And then they hit me with the nine minute, like almost kind of like a doom metal song.
2: Yes. And I was
0: like, yo, this is fucking, I, this makes the album so much more enjoyable for me because mm-hmm. it's like, you're doing your thing, you kind of like rhythmic shit. And then it comes mm-hmm. into this song that's just like so epic and crazy. And then, yes. you know, the back half of the album and it's like, it really split it up in a way that I was like super on board with. And mm-hmm. It's very rare that a nine minute song in the middle of like a technical death metal album will make me like really love the album but i I did yeah. thought that song was fucking sick.
1: well, I think it's also just even now i mean there there's a couple there's a few bands who will probably take a gamble there's a who'll take a crap shoot with that, but generally not really i mean there's there's a i'm I'm not sure if you're familiar with the thrash metal band overkill but like um they the the like the years of decay from like eighty nine mm-hmm. that album is like a fireworks display just in terms of this is how you just stick the landing in making a good thrash metal album and there's a ten minute song on there which turns into a doom metal song and they like they did it it's it's one of those weird things where it's like they did it once they never did it again and it's like you kind of wish they did because <laughs> they didn't yeah. So that's my feelings on that's my feelings on obscure. I know it be a tough track but
0: no worries man it's a
1: it's a good okay, album. Man. Damn um, damn good album. So yeah. there you go.
0: So I'll I'll give you 3 and 2 and then we can both do our last one. Mm-hmm. Um number 3 for me was Mental Funeral by uh, Autopsy
1: mm-hmm.
0: which like it's like I never heard I think I'd heard that record maybe one time before I didn't get it. I was like why is it slow? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then listening to all these records on this list it's just it was like such a breath of fresh air for me being like everything's produced by Scott Burns, everything is fast, everything sounds a certain way, you know. And then just to hear this record that's like sloppy and it's like they're taking risks with putting slow stuff in it. And, you know, it doesn't sound su- super professionally recorded, but it sounds recorded well enough that like, it's enjoyable to listen to. And mm-hmm. like, and I mean, that's, that's all to say, you know, the ambition on the record is there, but I think also like you need the riffs, right. And the riffs on this record are just so fucking good. Like it really, they really nailed it. Um, and, uh, I've been listening to that one almost non-stop since I heard it a couple months ago because it's just such a fucking good record.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I'm with you there, uh, which is um funny because... Oh, so what's your number? You said three and two, so what's your number? Oh, yeah,
0: number two. So number two is Alters of Madness. And we've, Ooh, okay. we talked about it. I shared a lot of my, my feelings on it already. It's just like... You ever... This is going to be so off topic, but I'll tie it back in. You ever seen that interview with Juvenile, the rapper, where he's like, this is like the NFL. Like, if you don't think you're the best rapper in the game, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when I read the Wikipedia for Alters of Madness, um, mm-hmm. the Trey guy, um, the, the guitar player in um, Morbid Angel was like, this was like, the 90s, like, the East Coast, West Coast rap beat, that's what we were, um, (laughs) that's how we were approaching it, because it's, like, we just wanted to be better than everybody else who was coming up around us, and, you know, like, around that time, we're getting, like, you know, especially in Florida, the Death Obituary, Morbid Angel, probably a couple other bands I can think of off the top of my head, but it's, like, I could really hear that in that record. It's so... Mm -hmm. It's so hungry, like I was saying before, it sounds like like so intentional and like performed to like a standard of like you know, we're gonna nail our parts, we're gonna play it at this BPM if our fucking fingers fall off kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And like it's just such a such a great record, and I love like the the catchier parts on it the more meteor kind of riffs on it being kind of offsetting that like super speed and like technicality yes. aspects of it
1: yes so uh, yeah you know what's, what's funny um, you, you bring up juvenile and um, I want to see if I can find it but um, there's a book a friend of mine um, that it's about it's funny off it's about sludge metal stuff Oh yeah. But, um, there's a section in it where they talk to "I Hate God." Yeah, and they mention they bring up a story about how they recorded their their music in the same studio as the Cash Money guys. Oh, that's uh... so. <laughs> I love that, which is just such a wild image to think about. Yeah, because they were saying, because they were saying, like, yeah, they were, um, you know. They heard our music and they thought this was literally like the spawn of Satan himself. <laughs> and these guys, they're looking at them and it's like these guys have got like white tees and big gold, you know, gold teeth and flipping. <laughs> they're pulling guns on engineers because they they think the tracks don't have enough bass on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's awesome, man. I would have, I, I, I would have killed to be in the fucking studio witnessing that. That would have been fucking. That's like. That's some of my favorite hip hop stuff. I mean, the the Cash Money stuff. I really, okay. really, fuck, especially that era. Like you know, like uh, like
1: Four Hundred Degrees, like early little Wayne shit, even like Hot okay. stuff. I love yeah. that stuff. Big Big Trooper City in the Ghetto fan. I take yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, my my last pick is an album you just mentioned, and it's gonna be uh Autopsy's Mental Funeral. Yeah. And as you said, it, it's just got this really charred out feral quality to it. It's it's funny because uh, severed survival, I'll be honest, I don't think <laughs> it's not produced the best. It's yeah. kind of got a wet quality to it, and the boss the base is weirdly overpowered, it's overpowering everything else, but you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And this one is even rougher. But it's like, oh, it makes sense that they would be moving into like doing doom metal sections because, yeah, they discovered Candlemas and all those bands around that time. Yeah. So bringing, incorporating that sort of tempo switch into their sound is just a no-brainer. It all tracks and, you know, i got to have to say it, man, flipping Chris Reifer, who's like the drummer as well as the vocalist. that guy is incredible in terms of what he does because he's got all these barks and twisted screams and and lurches and whatever Mm -hmm. he's got a real like toolbox in terms of knowing how to use his instrument and to use it well and yeah i i really like i really like the album i really really like what they do on it and um I don't know what else, I don't know what really else to say with Mental Funeral, but I guess I do have actually something to say is that, linking back to my point with Voivod, is they're both bands who've been around for ages and then they broke up and then they came back and they seem to have this second swing in their career where they're putting out stuff that is arguably as good or in Voivod's case, maybe even better than some of their more recognized stuff, so I I checked out their most recent album Morbid, Tri- Morbid Morbidity Triumphant when it came out which uh if you haven't seen the cover for it please do no, it's I'll absurd. take a look right now <laughs> it is absurd
0: <laughs> Morbidity Triumphant Yeah, I, if I could use my thumbs that would be right Oh wow! <laughs> right, guys, face off, yeah. And they're making like a robe out of it.
1: It's oh um...
0: yeah, I didn't see that part. Yeah,
1: <laughs> said, it, it's wild, and it's it's a good album. Unless it's, it's it's they they sound like them. They don't sound like anybody else. Whether you can say it's like, oh, it's classic death metal or not. You can say, you know, they just sound like them. I know you and me, we're both, I don't know about you, but I love Longfish. And Longfish are a great example, especially I think now where people talk about like, oh, it's so fast, you have to keep pumping out music and whatever. And they're a really good example of a band who, you know, really took their time as far as when they wanted to put stuff out. And you could argue that, oh, their 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 albums all follow the same sort of pattern, but you compare it to the previous one, there's all these little bits and pieces that they changed or they took out, that's refining of their style and autopsy have kind of done that in their own really messy, messy way. So they're a great argument for that, I think, Longfish. So there you go. More you bitty and funeral I- your- absolutely.
0: I'm gonna. I I really I love Mental Funeral so much. I was Autopsy. I definitely want to check out the rest of their stuff, but it's like I look at their discography. and I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So I guess I'm just gonna jump in and see what happens. Cause all
2: right. Yeah. You, you okay. gave me
0: the you gave him the cosign that it's that it's all sick. So. Mm-hmm. At least that uh, you know all worth checking out. So mm-hmm. number one on my list, I think you you might look at me a little bit sideways. I'm going Leprosy by
1: Death. Really? Yeah. Okay. Please explain.
0: Yeah, so it's just like it's just like a, to me it's like a fastball pitch down the middle of like the era of death metal that I like really like and um just like kind of the, my sensibilities really align with it in terms of like it's recorded well, but it's not recorded too well. You know what I mean? Like they okay. they were doing the best that they could at the time, but the limitations of it kind of make it, give it this sort of like amateurish kind of thing that I really enjoy. Um, I think it's like, it's technical, but it's not, it's not, it's not human you know what i mean it's like it's not even uh what's the one that comes right after it uh oh shit the one with the preacher on the front of it like oh you know,
1: spiritual you know, healing
0: yeah um like you know even on that he's doing like some like sweet picking shit that he's not doing on leprosy that's mm. like so leprosy it's just kind of like more you know he's playing as fast he's playing fast it's heavy but it's also kind of like it's got this energy where it's like you know what I was saying about Morbid Angel where it's like, it doesn't seem like this is just beer drinking hicks kind of stumbled into this with leprosy. It kind of like, that's the kind of feeling I get from leprosy is it's just like, obviously they're good musicians and you know, they go on to do some great stuff, but it's like, it feels like they kind of just like stumbled into it. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of this like, this just like coalescing of everything that I really like about death metal and that it's, the lyrics, I love the lyrics on this record because it's, like, it's not stupid, but it, it doesn't, like, try and be smart. And mm-hmm. it's, like, just this. I find the songs on here are really good. Like, the riffs are super catchy. There's lots of parts. Like, you know, Open Casket, like, it almost has, like, a fucking hardcore pile-on part at the end of that song with, like, the you know like at the end when he's screaming like open casket like it's just i just i just really this record kind of like it's right in the time period of death metal that i like really really love like that kind of like earlier stuff and it's just like seems like the sort of like pinnacle of that era and style to me and that's why i really really like this record so
1: okay okay yeah yeah i I feel you i feel you on that Mm -hmm. one uh um anything else? No, I was
0: just thinking like what's uh like what would you um what would you say about like uh leprosy? Like what's uh what are your feelings about it like in terms of maybe why you wouldn't have it so high? Just
1: out of curiosity. I, I look at leprosy as like a refinement of the, the scream bloody gore stuff. Yeah. And Don't get me wrong, I do think there are some really, really good songs on there. Open casket, pull the plug, the title track. And I also like that um, him and Rick Ross's guitar styles are very, very different. Like Rick Ross plays Rick Ross solos like he's flipping Kerry King out of Slayer. But yeah, I just look at that as more like a refinement of the kind of stuff they did, which is, no, I'm not complaining about that, but and uh, Spiritual Healing, I remember that album being a weird one. I might have to revisit that one because it has been a long time, but I think just in terms of just how how frantic and how sloppy and dismal Scream Bloody Gore is and um, Human, the rest of the stuff is like the more like that those are the death albums where it's like oh we we're putting away the the leather jackets and the band tees and now we're gonna start putting into some you know yeah something closely resembling a suit and tie you know (laughs) yeah I hear you so yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting it's interesting you you went with that but I, I get it I was I'll be honest with you considering you did talk about it in one of your episodes I thought you were gonna go with um Dark Throne, soul Side Journey, but I imagine that album's more like a, an interesting curio than anything else.
0: You know, you know what the thing with the thing with Dark Throne is. If I'm ever gonna listen to Dark Throne, it's gonna be the black metal album. And like right. I, I've I've wanted to go back to Soul Side Journey, um, but I just, I just for whatever reason, and maybe I'll 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 like today <laughs> later today I that mm-hmm. um. For whatever reason, it's like, I feel like Side Journey is like, they were, how do I put this? Because Side Journey, it's like, I feel like they were kind of like, maybe they weren't doing what they were meant to be doing on that record. You know what I mean? It's like,
2: okay, they good. were,
0: they were going for something and it's good, but mm-hmm. it's like, when they hit um blazing the northern sky it's like oh wait this is what this is what this band was supposed to be doing
2: okay okay
0: so but i do i do i gotta go back and check out soul side journey again because it's been a while since i've heard it but all right all right what are your feelings on black metal just like randomly
1: as a (sighs) black black metal uh Black metal, my opinion on it, is the same as like noise and industrial music, where um the stuff I like in it, I really like a lot, but yeah. I I'm not somebody who can see myself listening to a lot of it. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. Dark Throne, my favorite album of theirs, is uh, Under a Funeral Moon, mm-hmm. Emperors and Nightside Eclipse, of course, is is really good. I like Enslaved um yeah this is another one um i never really i never don't think i super got into immortal but pure holocaust is pretty good and uh my my favorite mayhem album just to let you know is auto ad ko okay not pronounce it but that album if you want to have me on just to talk about that one i've <laughs> got time okay but um yeah yeah
0: yeah because i've been I've been thinking there's there's two ways I can go next. I can do top 100 of the 80s or I can do top 40 black metal. Both of them are terrorizer lists. And it's like a lot of people i get getting a lot of feedback of people wanting to do the black metal list. But it's like, I don't know, like the top 100 of the 80s, like we're getting everything. There's like ACDC and like NWA and like right. fucking, it's like that's looking like a lot of fun to me. And, like, doing the top 40 black metal albums, it's like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: ooh, you know, <laughs> how much bullshit am I going to have to slog through to hear, like, the stuff that's really good
1: here? But
0: we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So if you're, if you're ever doing the 80s one, if there's any Celtic Frost on there, I'm, I'm penciling myself in for that, because I, I adore Celtic Frost.
0: There's actually three Celtic Frost albums on the 80s. Yes. Them,
1: so yeah, maybe I'll, when we when we
0: get to that, I'll have you on to talk about Celtic Frost. Yes. Um, so you wanna let's hit the the last part of the the hardcore recommendation. All right. So so, just, so I'm hmm. just gonna give a little bit of background for for the people at home listening. We thought maybe what would be the top five albums that we would each recommend for hardcore kids or punk kids or whatever to get into death metal. Okay. Yeah. So you want to kick it off with number
1: five? All right. You know what? I'll I'll just give you my entire list now just to, to show it. But as I said, my, my main focus was thinking about the the bridge between, you know, what could interest people who are into hard. I don't particularly like saying kids because it just feels weird. Yeah. Like some enough. Enough. yeah. But my, my picks would be um mental funeral, mm-hmm. ever flowing stream, yeah. um focus. Okay. By um, I wasn't sure which one to go with but I was thinking maybe uh, Blessed Are the Sick or Rise or Slaughter of the Soul but the other one that I was going to talk about which going back to Carcass would be uh, Symphonies of Sickness Yeah, and I want to focus on that one because uh, I think you said it best it's an album with a really pungent vibe to it yeah and it's not quite as fully formed as necroticism. It's not as just like flailing around the edges as Reek of Putrefaction. But oh. it's thick, it's got a it's it's purposefully ugly, which is which I find appealing. I like all the group vocal stuff on there, which yeah. I don't know. I don't know if people being into like gang chant hooks and stuff in, in hardcore is still a thing, but there's that. You can use that. Yeah. And um, the vocals on that record are definitely like mm-hmm. interesting
0: compared to a lot of this other stuff on here, especially for the time it came out as well, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just I think the fact that it's still got some of the, the grindcore stuff in there. People, yeah. Like, the pe- yeah, people that's a good like, point. Very, very appealing. So, that's yeah. good point, yeah. Yeah, symphony Symphonies of Sickness. That is my that is my pick. That's my pick for that one. Yeah. Also, um, I-, I promise I will maybe stop with these other suggestions, but um n- as far as more death metal stuff to check out. Um yeah. Nihilist. Nihilist in particular the Drowned EP, it's the mm-hmm. band that they were like in they were entombed before entombed with like the lead the guy who became the lead singer and bass player of unleashed okay and so you'll hear earlier versions of the songs that ended up on left hand path and whatever, but drowned is just like it's a roller coaster it's it's not that long it's uh let me check how long it is it's only like yeah it's it's like nine minutes it's two, oh, it's like wow. two three songs but let me tell you it it hits hard it, it hits is very sweet right yes okay. 89 it so we get a lot of that DD flavor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so trust so trust me on that one i think you'll you'll get a kick out of what? it and if you can find their their the complete nihilist which has all of their eps together then oh you're you're in for a good time
0: all right i'll check it out for sure what was the name of the ep again sir Ground,
1: ground. Okay,
0: I'll check that
1: out. So there's that. There's also um, entombed, entombed. But I'm gonna go with an album that isn't particularly popular with entombed fans, and that is uh, to ride, shoot straight, and speak the truth. Okay. And I, when I heard this album, I found it quite surprising because it's the one they did after Wolverine Blues. And what it really hit me with that one was like, oh, these guys really wanted to be like a really, really heavy version of the MC5.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so That's very
0: interesting, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think there's some good tracks on there. Some people find it. I think, I think some people find it very divisive or kind of hit and miss, but. Sure. I don't know, man. I think there's some really, really neat stuff on there, and they sound like they're having a ball of a time on it, yeah, so...
0: well, the funny thing about Entombed is like that's a band that I think, like you were saying that that record sounds kind of like the m c five I think they were listening to stuff that maybe the other dudes who were making death metal around the time like weren't really listening to, you know what I mean like. Mm-hmm they Mm -hmm. had they had um um oh what the hell is the fucking left hand path which is you know a fucking glorified debut record at the end of the day and then they had uh clandestine which they're playing like fucking blues riffs on that record it's like Mm -hmm. very much a black sabbath kind of vibe to that and then you know wolverine blues which again i think i'm not super familiar with that record but i think it ratchets up sort of like the blues flavor a little bit on that too and i just found that like you know of all the bands a lot maybe a lot of these bands were super salt either self-referential or referencing like morbid angel and death and obituary like i found that in Tomb, like their musical palette seems to be a little bit broader than the rest of the right yeah
1: okay so that's that. And my last pick would be um the the first two unleashed albums, which would be uh um what is what's it I'm trying to remember the names now? Oh yeah, Shadow um Where No Life Dwells and Shadows in the Deep. Somebody I, I used to talk to described them as like the A C D C of Swedish death metal. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> which I think is very apropos. But um no Life Dwells. I think it's interesting because you kind of see, oh, where they took, where that's it. Jo- Johnny Helland, that's his name. Yeah. He kind of takes some of the elements, you know, what he did as far as the, the, the stuff they did in Nihilist and where Entombed went. I'm not going to come and say it's the heaviest, they're the heaviest band ever or the hard or like the most intense or the hardest. Mm-hmm. But those those two are good, and also shadows in the deep has uh onward into countless battles, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a flipping all timer that sounds like it sick Be- song. beefy that track is beefy
0: uh, I'll check it out that's that's a very good name for a song <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm just we we only got about eight minutes left on the zoom call here. I'm just gonna kind of oh. blow through this quickly for the the hardcore recommendations number one i got or i guess it's not really ordered but first up scream bloody gore i think if you're into fast punk shit and you don't like death metal this is like it's basically kind of doing what some of the 80s hardcore did which is just playing like you know rock and roll music fast but they're three and a half minute long songs as opposed to one and a half minute long songs so i think that's probably a good jumping in point for you know, kids who um, maybe like a little bit more punk stuff don't really get death metal. Mm-hmm. Number two, like an ever-flowing stream by Dismember. You have that one on your list too. And we kind of already talked about it a little bit. It's just a fucking D-beat record, man. It's like, it's a scandy D-beat record with um, some integrity riffs on it and then a lot of death metal. And like, you know, I think that there's a certain scene of hardcore that this record is super important whether or not um like they would they know about it or admit it like I think like like the hate thousand shit, anything that's kind of like ripping off integrity, if you like that, you can definitely get get down with uh the Dismember record. Um Arise by Sepultura we briefly touched on it again. Yeah. Like if Marauder is probably one of the most influential bands on like current heavy hardcore right now. And if you like Marauder, you got to check out Sepultura. I think chaos AD, which is the record that comes after arise is like a big one that I've been recommended from yes. the hardcore people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's not on the list arises on the list. So check out Arise, it's definitely doing a lot of the same thing, you can hear hardcore bands, like there's a local band there was a riff on Arise I was like, where have I heard that riff before, and then I realized it's a local band, local hardcore band has used that riff, so like very kind of has its tendrils in the hardcore scene Um, Mm -hmm. Horrified by Repulsion again, I kind of covered it when I was talking Mm -hmm. about it but it's like, if you like DRI, you like Discharge, you like Power Violence, you like Infest, this record, it's of the same world. It's minute and a half long songs that blast the whole fucking way through. So, you know, if you like fast hardcore, I don't know why you wouldn't like that. And then Realm of Chaos by Bolt Thrower. Bolt Thrower is kind of like the most hardcore death metal band, I mm-hmm. think, or like most accepted by the hardcore kids at this current moment i think you maybe put obituary in there as well yeah yeah but this the realm of chaos specifically has like it just got like this sort of like basement like punk quality to it that that's why i kicked it over war master just kind of like maybe the recording and like okay the sloppiness is a little bit sloppier, a little bit more rudimentary so mm-hmm. yeah that those are the five that i think if you're a hardcore kid definitely check those out
2: mm-hmm.
0: all yeah. right oh die oh sorry no
1: that's it that's it i don't have anything else to say
0: all right yeah we've uh We've we've gone through three Zoom meetings. I've had a lot of fun talking about these albums with you. A lot. You have a lot of knowledge about you know not only like the the way the albums sound, but like the way they were, um, like the lore and the guys on the albums and stuff like that. So I yeah, think yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. definitely that's something that I didn't really have a lot of in my podcast, but I okay. do have a lot of metal nerds that listen to my podcast. So I think that they'll really. <laughs> They'll appreciate that you have a lot more in-depth knowledge than I do. Of course, so of thank you so much for coming on. And uh, must be getting late there, eh?
1: Um, yeah, it's nearly nine. And also because I'm still sick, I'm feeling kind of exhausted. So sure. I want to lie down now. But um, yeah. before we finish off, I just have to say, as you said, you know, a lot of metal nerds for god's sake people give the bass player some shine yeah. i'm not saying give him bass give him like bass solos but add more bass into the mix yeah, for turn god's that sake. shit
2: up bro turn you, that you, you shit up
1: you, you can't be calling yourself heavy and it's just like the lead guitar and come on man yeah I, I know you i know some of you people still revisit them iron maiden them iron maiden albums you can hear steve harris in that team. <laughs> yeah you
0: can All right, Odai, thank you so much. I will talk to you hopefully soon.
1: Yes, man. Yes, man. Likewise.